everyone, it is episode 343 of This Is Whole Life. We are Sansa Sinkamani this week because I'm pretty sure, I think it's going to be more often because I think as those grandkids are around more, Jeff's going to be around less. You think that's Just, it? I think that is. I think he's okay. hanging out with the grandkids and he's like, yeah guys, I can't make it. Oh, I can see that. And I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but they're, sort of. They're but pretty cute. They are pretty cute. I mean, <laughs> well, in fairness, this is uh, this is a week off. It is a week it's off. Like Tuesday. the Florida Conference gives all Florida Conference pastors these are these are days off. These are days off. Theoretically, theoretically. I mean, we're you know we're pretty comfy. I mean, yeah, you know, we're just here. So I, that's why I try to tell Jeff. I was like, you know. Yeah. This isn't working. No. This is the I mean, podcast. This is, this is the be- I mean, raise your hand if this is the best part of your week. Yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. We, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe. There's some kind of thought thoughts here. Like the, the hand kind of jerks up a little bit. And it's like, so. Randy was the only enthusiastic, um, really handsome That's just because you're the one who's had coffee most recently there. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, this week was, this was the last one, right? In our Rise to Christmas? This yes. Was the, this is the last message. That was the last in that series. Now, we do have one more Arise oh. sermon in the year, because December 31 is oh the final Sabbath of the year. And that's going to be a, a kind of a, a, this next Sabbath, the 31st, will be a reflection Sabbath. So it's I think it'll be really kind of... Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna we're gonna look over. Ken the, enthusiastically raised his hand. I did. I, I, no, I very, one else did yeah, no one else did. But anyway, we'll see if anybody's there. At least it's not the day after the New day. Year's. So, but anyway, Ooh, yeah, that's brutal. And what's this one called? Uh, this just reflections. Reflections. That's yep. it. That's so the we're last yeah arise. we're gonna look back on where we've gone with this arise series over the last year. We're gonna talk about the things the church has accomplished in this last year and. Kind of set ourselves up to moving into January and a new year and a new theme. January seven, we'll be launching our our follow me theme, which will mm. will be really fun. And first time, first time hearing you. And Melanie's going January <laughs> seven will be uh, <laughs> Melanie's first Sabbath without training wheels. So we're right. so Tammy will be Tammy will be on on uh, she's on retirement. Gonna, so. She's not even going to watch online. I'm pretty yeah. sure she's just going to be like, no, I think we both know that'll happen. <laughs> just, just. I'm just, trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Oh, come on. Tammy, that like, you would just totally, totally unplug. I was very impressed with how, how Andy always knew everything I'd said in my sermons for the, <laughs> during the first year. Keeping tabs? You know what? You got, you, well, he's I mean, in, he invested 37 years in this church, so I, I, I don't blame him. I keep tabs fair. too. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. And, you know, to be completely honest, he didn't have anything else to do. I mean, it wasn't like he was on to his next job where he was like, hey, I have to prepare a sermon next Oh, week. it's a good thing Andy's not in here. He probably beat you. He's been, <laughs> he that, probably That guy's will. been busy. Uh, we all know that Andy is one of the busier people you'll ever meet in your mm-hmm. life, even though when you're talking to him, it seems like he's got all day in the world just for you, mm-hmm. which is a gift that maybe yeah. very, well, it is a gift that very it few is. people have, and, yeah, and it's one that Andy true. has, so mm-hmm. one I've always appreciated. So this week was, again, last one. A rise to an unexpected savior, and um, I feel like we kind of had to break out the velvet sledgehammer. Oh, did it come out this week? I think it came out this. You week. haven't talked much about it no. for a while, so I was feeling a little like maybe weren't. It was time to get it back out. No, it, it was definitely time. I think there was a couple of points where we could really apply it. In the first one was, would you have recognized Jesus when he was born? And I think when we look back, and or you know, and would that have caused you to get up and arise and, and go to do anything? Or, I mean, and I think statistically speaking, we know the answer to the question because nobody else did either. And if we didn't have the knowledge that we had now, what would have pried us out of whatever our daily life was like to do anything different than anybody else did? 
But I did like what Ken said. I would have at least liked to believe that if the angels appeared, yeah. mm-hmm. right? That, like, like that would have been enough. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was just out of pure fear, yeah. maybe we should go check this out. Because yeah. what you know, if I don't, are they going to come back? You know, what are the ramifications here? So I felt like at least there was that part where yeah, there you go. I feel like yeah, maybe mm-hmm. if the angels came uh, this morning as we were having breakfast as a family. Ellie just wanted to tell me about this Instagram reel that she, I don't know where she saw it. Well, obviously Instagram, but I don't know if someone, I don't remember if Heather sent it to her first or or, or vice versa. But this person, it was a lady and she's like, what if, and then she's like, I'm pretty sure there's a pretty high likelihood that the shepherds that the angels came to were teenage girls. Oh, yeah. I've actually heard that before. And that she's like, think of the think of the reason. She's like, you know, the lowest of the low would have been the shepherds in the family, you know. And if you don't have any daughters like Jesse, well, then David is the youngest. He's the odd guy out. He's the he's the one when everyone else gets to go do the cool thing. He's home, right? He's home with the sheep. And so it's like, well, if they had girls, you know, the the girls would supersede the boy, and they would be the shepherd. And one of the points she made was, you know, there were other, you know, shepherdesses in the Bible, Rachel, Rachel, yeah. Zipporah, Leah, possibly, mm-hmm. she said. And then she's like, now think about it. The lowest of the low is who God decides to to tell, which, you know, says a lot about God's character and who he wants to know. She, she's like, but also, who would God trust to spread the news the fastest other than teenage girls? <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, just from we've got two pastors hanging out. Like, what what do you what do you think about that? I'm pretty sure it would be the Be Real app. The Be Real is yeah, what that's, it would have that's been how on. it yeah. would that was that's how it would have spread really fast. Really, the Be Real, yeah. Oh, was that the one? Is that the one? I, I don't. <laughs> Melly has this fresh in her hand because I was we were we were doing some worship planning and uh, just as we were getting ready for before this podcast and uh, and so I was like, hey, hang on, can I? Can I take a picture of, of of you? And she's like, "Well, oh, that's that's a little weird." I was like, "No, it's my Be Real app." It's, we, oh, that's the one I get yeah. into all the time when I'm with Ken. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like you you it it gives you two minutes to take a picture of whatever you're doing right in that moment, and so you take the picture, and it it's a picture of the camera's facing you, and then it's facing away from you, and so anyway, yeah. plug I got first. To make a ca- it's make my a new. It's my new. I don't like social media whatsoever, and this one I'm actually enjoying because it's kind of fun to just see where everybody's at at the same time and your kind of your hmm. family and friends that you're doing this with. Maybe we should create a church staff account so people could follow us and find out what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that seems dangerous, doesn't okay. it? I mean, I just, <laughs> we make it sound like, but yeah, like but, really. But can you imagine? Can you imagine if Jesus was born in this age with like all the social media and oh, like wow. oh, I mean the be real account that, that these. And by the way, this is the first time I had not I had not heard that before that the I I mean I'd not really thought it through that the shepherd that the shepherds could have been shepherdesses that, that I thought it was really interesting and yeah, so I just that makes it was worth sense. talking it's about something that, yeah there's definitely female shepherds in the Bible for sure mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that's I think that's a really fascinating thought and um, do you ever wonder do you ever wonder whether the shepherds followed Jesus' career. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, they would have been in some some close proximity at times to where he was, and I'm sure the 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 fame, if you will, that had spread about him. I'm sure they must have heard it. Well, I mean, Jesus began his public ministry at age thirty, so if the shepherds were, 
between 15 and 20. Yeah, that's still around. We're at 45, 55, somewhere in that range, which in those times, I think the average lifespan was what, right around 45, I think? Really? Was right about that? Much less than, much yeah, less much less now. Than now. Yeah, wow. so, but maybe they wouldn't. But there was a lot of infant mortality, which would add to the, when you say to age, age. age range. Mm-hmm. So, well, maybe a but, lot of, uh, when I was a kid, I could tell you a story on my But news. still, it would have been interesting. <laughs> I mean, you think about, you, you have to think, I, I would think that if I were one of the shepherds and I had angels show up to me, I would have kind of tried to keep track of. But on the other hand, Jesus and his family went to Egypt right. for a couple of years, mm. so maybe they would have lost track. I, anyway, just interesting things that I think will be fun. You know, when we get to heaven to learn about, and you have eternity to spend, you can just you know start doing some investigating. Dig through of, the archives. Yeah, what, what happened here? What happened <laughs> it there? Just made, it just made my morning to think of it in a different way yeah. than mm-hmm. I had thought about it before. And it was, they were excited to tell me and, and then they remembered every single point. Like they hit, I, when I watched it, I'm like, okay, they already told me that. I'm like, I was hoping I was going to find like one nugget they hadn't told <laughs> No, no they, they got it all That's right. That's very cool. Well, Good job, I think, I think if if God can trust the son with uh, a teenage girl, probably trust some teenage shepherds. That, now, 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 now that gets interesting too. So, like, if if the shepherds were girls mm-hmm. or young ladies, they would have been right around the same age as Mary, probably. Yeah, in that, in that age range, maybe, maybe just a little bit younger. Hmm. That would have been anyway. Interesting, interesting stuff. Maybe good job, uh, yeah. Randy. Maybe a little help. Maybe a little help in the early stages there. You know, what mom could use another person. You know, another woman's yeah. touch. Well, speaking of conspiracy theories, um, you know, <laughs> Ken had talked about conspiracy theories and that there was a lot of them then. And, you know, I think a couple now, at least a couple now. And I, I really, really thought about this when you said it during the message. And it makes me wonder, is it better to go with your gut? You talked about the guy at the hardware store that's like, yeah, you look just like that guy. And you're like, you know, he had a gut. He, he had to know, right? But he just didn't want to step out in case he was wrong. And he'd be like, no, I'm, I'm going to look anything like that guy. You know, we don't we don't want to step foot out, out and, and be wrong. So is it better to be like, just stick with your gut and show up no matter what the information sounds like, but if your gut says, you know what, there might be, there might be some truth to that. Is it better to just go with it and then just get smacked down on the other side or just stay home? Like, I don't want to be one of those tinfoil hat people. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever received as a summer camp director, and it's going to seem a little bit off topic, but just stick with me here. I'm I'm in. Was a seasoned camp director, which some people might know, uh, um, Rick, uh, Rick, <laughs> Uncle Rick from Nisoka Pines, but you actually worked down at uh, Clockford for, for many years, um, mm. and my brain just froze on me. So anyway, but uh, Rick, when I first was beginning, he said to me, he said, Ken, he said, uh, your camp staff are going to come up with some crazy ideas of things that they're going to want to do. Mm. He said, if you don't think, if your gut tells you it's not a good idea to do, <laughs> go with your gut. He said, always go with your gut. He goes, because, he goes, you will always wonder if somebody gets if if they come with some crazy plan, like one of the one of the plans I think that he told me about was uh, his staff had an idea for sword fighting with real swords in one of their plays. Yeah, not a good idea. Um, and um, which that's you know that's an easier call to make probably, but you'd be surprised the pressure you can feel as an adult with uh, teenagers who are trying to pressure you to do these things. But anyway, but. But you know, he just basically said if somebody gets hurt, you always you're like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have let 
that happen in my gut. And so I think to your point, yeah, I think that I think that going with your gut to a certain extent is a reasonable thing to do. Now, what I would say is if you have a history of your gut being wrong, remember that. <laughs> remember that. Just, you know, just just kind of keep that in mind a little bit. And also use your common sense too and and do some research and some things like that. There's been I'm a gut instinct kind of person. Like if okay. you if you if you do personality tests with you, it'll, it'll come back that I'm I'm an intuitive that I'm like, oh, it just feels like the right thing to do and it doesn't. But one of the things I've really had to train myself over the years is to yes, trust my gut, but also <laughs> verify. <laughs> Talk to people that that are smart, that have better information and get that information and and yeah, there there's a time to trust your gut and there's also a time to say, hmm. Everything else is pointing in a different direction. So, so, talk so to I'm on the other end of that. I'm okay. not about the gut. I'm about the facts and the accuracy. So I'll just throw that out there. And I think it's it's really hard, Randy, when we start trying to compare, when we try, start trying to translate and recontextualize things, because there was no such thing as social media in around circa 2000. <laughs> or, <laughs> Zero. 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 <laughs> yeah, sorry. This was too, too long don't, years don't ago. Don't look at me if you're talking math. Please keep <laughs> looking at Ken. You're on the, you're on the right button. Carry the one. No. Like that I mean, tells there, me it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> there was no social media. There were no bots. Okay. They were making up information and throwing it into the infosphere. And so, I mean, now I think we we do have to be careful, though, because if my gut's like, oh, this is really interesting, repost, 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 yeah. and then all of a sudden misinformation is just out of control. And when that happens, we lose credibility. So if we want to be known as truth bearers, you know, people who tell the truth, then we have to be really careful not to just spread every every other thing that comes along. So I don't know. That, that's just right. I'll well, balance Ken's gut with my. Well, I just want to. I just want to affirm you because my gut tells me you're right on that, <laughs> and I will go ahead and pass what you said on to <laughs> others. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There you go. There you go. I mean, unless unless your gut was right, and then you can be like, "Booyah!" There we go. So yes. I guess it, yeah, it's the balance. I just it's the balance. What is it? Trust or, but verify. Is it, is that was that uh, Ronald Reagan, I believe. <laughs> Yeah. That's who it's usually attributed to, yes. I think so, yeah. yeah. Sounds right, sounds right. It sounds <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But then here's the problem that I think maybe blows this out of the water is can actually let us in on the fact, if you've never thought of it this way, that both the sheep and the goats of Matthew 25 were both, they weren't wrong. They were just uninformed. They were ill-informed. They had, um, if someone had said, well, you saw Jesus, they would have said, no, I didn't. So they were wrong. It was misinformation. Campaigns back at, well, what was that? Zero, 30, 32, 33, something like that. Carry the one. Negative three. Negative no, 30. go ahead. No, go ahead. Anyway. Final one? I'm not sure. Math. Okay, no one's got the math. But they didn't realize that they had seen Jesus even having, but even having that verse and the support of the Bible, I think Christians, the, the realization that, you know, there are still those of us that... <laughs> that haven't really gotten this concept yet. And I like how you kind of broke it down where we all know, you know, if you, I, was, I was in prison and you visited me, I was thirsty, you gave me a drink, that those aren't always going to be 
Did you pull up to the prison last week and go visit someone? Did you hand someone who was really thirsty a glass of water? And I think it's easy to get caught in, well, yeah, we're just supposed to do good things. You just pile those all into one. Just just do good things. And if you see, see a need, fill a need kind of thing. It's really much more than that, I think, to be intentional and then to follow what God, when you pray for, you know, put some put somebody something in my path and then you just walk along like it's any other day and you just don't realize anything other than what you are to already put on your plate for the day to do, which I would say is probably more than we typically are ever going to get done anyway, if you're like probably the three of us in this room, I'm pretty sure. So how do you, <laughs> how do you keep yourself open to the little things? Cause I think they're the big things. If you didn't realize you were seeing Jesus, that's a pretty big thing. And if you, you know, something small comes up where it's the opportunity that you asked for that you just weren't slow enough to see or patient enough or I'm you not know, sure I what think, that is. I think when I was a kid, I, I heard the story about people who were entertaining angels without knowing it. Mm. And so in the back of my mind, I was always like, well, you know, if I do something nice for this person, maybe it's an angel. Or if I do something nice for that person, well, then maybe that's Jesus. And it took me a long time, but I think I've finally come around to that. It's not about, it's not about the spectacular. It's not about what is more cool about serving an angel than serving a person that Jesus loves, right? That is spectacular. I think the little things can be the important things. You know, you don't have to do everything. You can do one thing. You can do two things. You know, at uh, at Madison campus where I was before I was here, um, one of our pastoral team's name was Ignacio Silverio, and he went by Pastor Nacho. Mm-hmm. He used to say on a fairly frequent basis, he said, "You can treat me pretty much any way, but and I'll, I can kind of work through that. But you treat my children badly, or you treat them really well, and that's going to be what my impression of you is mm-hmm. truly." Mm-hmm. And I, that that one sunk in with me because it's, it's the truth. People who treat your kids really well, they can treat you and pretty poorly, and you're like, yeah, okay. But people who treat you well and treat your children badly, that it just it it is very uh, f- for me the hardest thing in my life to forgive is not the people who treat me badly, it's the people that treat my kids badly. Oh, That's yeah. the hardest one for me to forgive, and I feel like. Jesus is kind of telling us that too. He's like, you know, you can treat me badly, but my kids, because my brothers, my sisters, you know, treat them right. And it's the little things. It's not the spectacular. It, it's it's just the small kindnesses. It's the small, just doing the right thing from day to day and doing what you feel impressed to do in the moment. For me, I read Matthew 25 and the sheep and the goats, and I think that I immediately my brain goes to to people who are unsheltered or homeless and people in jail. That's kind of where my mind immediately goes to, and and so I'm you know so so whenever I pull up to a stop sign, I see somebody who's unsheltered or with a sign beside the road, I start feeling, oh man, am I am I driving past Jesus and not helping them if I don't feel in that moment? And I've gotten to the place where I think it's so much bigger than that. I mean. Yes, I think it's important to be kind and loving to the unsheltered, the homeless, the people in, in prison. But it's also, like I said in the sermon, it's the the clerk at the store. Mm-hmm. It's my children. It's my wife. It's it, it's the daily doing for those who have a need. 
And and where I've gotten to when it comes to an unsheltered person with the on the side of the road is there's times where I just feel like that's what my gut tells me I ought to help them. And so yeah. sometimes I do. But what I always try to do is make eye contact with them. One of the things that that hit me a while ago, and, and I can't remember what I was reading, but somebody talked about how when you're poor, you're homeless, people won't make eye contact with you and you feel oh, unseen. Yeah. And so I might not be able to give you money in that moment, or I might not feel like that's the right thing to do. But I, what I can do is acknowledge you as a human being, that you're there and, you know, and, and it does feel awkward, you know, because sometimes you make eye contact and they're like, please give me some money that, you know, and you're like, no, I'm not going to. And, but God bless you and have a good day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes feels really wrong to be like, you know, God bless you and have a good day. I'm not helping you. But you know, you have to do what you feel like God is asking you to do in that moment. But what I know that every person does deserve is is eye contact and that they are a human being and that they are worthy of my respect yeah. um, and, and acknowledgement of their humanness. I don't think you can minimize that, though, because if you think about what one person can do versus what your whole family can do. And if you're being kind and you're taking the care of those little things with your family, the impact long-term uh, of that spreading and then them doing it to their, even if that's who they become because of who you are, think of the impact that that makes on them, their friends, their, their, their circles. And even the person with eye contact still feels like, still feels, <laughs> and I told this story a while ago when I was downtown, I was meeting Jordan Soliday, a member I don't know if he's a member here, but he does. Uh, he's been part he's of our family. He's, he's part family. of the whole life family. I was meeting him downtown, and I had a really bad day. There's no place to park. I was late because there was no place to park. I left early, 20 minutes early. Still couldn't find a place to park. And this guy's asking me for food, and I'm like, he's got a guitar and all this stuff. He looks like he's fine, and I totally. The nonverbal must have been bad because he was just like taken aback, and I'm trying to feed this stupid meter with my phone, and this whole thing is going on. And then as I'm walking away, I feel like just a complete jerk. And so I'm just like, all right, I, 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 I have to go back. I felt it, went back and like, look, I am so sorry for the way I just acted. I have been late for an appointment right around the corner. And I'm like, I don't think they have like full breakfast, but they have food. It's a coffee shop. They've got food. I'm like, you know, just come with me. And I'm already late. We'll come in together. That'll make, I mean, and really it was, I think in a way it was almost selfish. I'm like, well, now I have an excuse. I helped the homeless guy. Uh, on the way. And, and again, this guy did not, you know, he didn't look like someone who was unsheltered and he wasn't. He was someone who'd been driving a truck and the, the company he was working for was going out, going out of business or they, Something he couldn't get paid. He's like, I just need to, I just, I don't have any, I don't have any cash. My bank account's empty. And he's like, I've got all, everything in the world that was in his truck was on the sidewalk. So, but then as soon as I walked back and I turned around, his face immediately brightened up. And I think even to that point, just the eye contact and the recognition that, yeah, you're a human, just like I'm a human. I think that's not just a small thing. That could be a really big thing for somebody that's in that position. Well, and in terms of worship, I think often we think of worship and we think vertical between us and God. But so so many times throughout the Bible, God says, listen, do you need to ask someone for forgiveness for something you've done? Go ahead and just just leave your gift on the altar. And once you've taken care of that, then come back and, and worship. You know, it, if you want to worship me, make sure that there is justice. Make sure that there, you know, all these kinds of different things that God is like, I don't want your useless fire on my altar. I would rather you shut the door and stay out 
than to come in here and give me a half offering because of the fact that you haven't done the other things that I asked you to do. And it's so relational. So if what we're doing in church, you know, every weekend is not connected with what we're doing outside every other day of the week, then it's not true worship. Ouch. Sorry, that was that. I took the velvet off that hammer. You took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I was going to say, that's not even a velvet sledgehammer. So, Ken has the velvet sledgehammer. <laughs> Melanie has just this plain old iron. It's just cold steel. Iron. It just it comes cold, down hard. steel. Yeah, yeah. This thing, there we go. It's just yeah. ice cold. Yeah. No, it's true, though. Ice. And it's for, for a long time. It's I've never been a person that dresses up. It used to be a thing like, you know, everyone, like, you got to wear a suit. You got to wear a tie to church when I was a kid. And and I was I just saw so many unhappy people at church dressed up. That to me, it was just like, I don't know why you're doing this because it's clear that you're not really happy doing this. And I'm not happy doing it either. I mean, I, I, I that was, that was, but you me. did look pretty good on, uh, but I looked pretty oh, good. Man. Was it this last, yeah, you look pretty I'm telling you. Oh, man. Someone actually tweeted a photo of me on the giant <laughs> screen from church giving me a shout out about how, how good I looked up on the big screen. I'm, I'm saying, like, Randy. oh, nobody needed this. This was what like, nobody needed. I'm like, don't, well, don't, don't. now you've set the standard. You set the expectation. Yeah, but so. don't, don't, don't put the, <laughs> not on the big screen. Just, no. I, no. I, like, I was like, well, they, I could see the screen because the I was reflecting off the, the glass in the back. And I'm like, they just took me live, full in house. No. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm not saying, Stanley. Good you for are, you, whoever you are. Yes, Stanley, you job. are stuck from here on out <laughs> moving forward. But you know, for me, it was like, I have a hard enough time coming to church feeling like my insides should be at church. Hmm. And not, and that's, again, that's in a, a time more where it was, you feel like you have to bootstrap your way and, you know, fix everything and not just give it to God. And But it's, it's always been hard for me to feel like the things that I try, the more I try to disguise, the worse I feel about me coming to worship. Because <laughs> I'm like, am I just putting this on as a disguise so that everyone's like, hey, yeah, like, can you, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Everything's great. No, it sucks. I'm having a horrible day and I'm having a bad week, a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. Th- that's a hard thing for me to, to to balance. And I don't know, I might be the only one on that, but that's uh, that's and hard. That, and you know what? That's one thing that, that I love about whole life. And I know I'm new around here, but one of the things that I love about whole life is that you can come as you are. You can just come. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. doesn't matter what's going on. doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what you look like or what you have on. You're welcome. This is, this is whole life. And you don't have to smile. You don't have to smile. Yeah. Yeah. I might try to get you to smile, but you don't don't have to. to. (laughs) As we begin to wrap up here, I know we answered it here on the podcast, but you you made a point to go back to it in your sermon. So I'm assuming you've heard more feedback on holding on loosely to hope. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about it here. We did. I have have received several texts about it, emails. <laughs> so see, you know, you guys, the general are, conference president. Co- no, no, I'm not no, kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> so you guys on the podcast, you you get the best of everything, and now we had to go. You know, Ken had to circle back to to I tell did. the the other troops that, yeah. like, hey guys, this is what I mean when I say this. <laughs> and it went, but it wasn't lost on me that the importance of that, as you asked about, you know, did you meet Jesus this week? Mm. Because if if you're holding on to what you think he should or will or could do isn't versus... It so, isn't it interesting? So as Seventh-day Adventists, we are, we are looking forward to Jesus' second coming, and some of us are so obsessed with the second coming that we miss him standing on the street right next to us. Mm. Because our hope in the second coming is a good thing, 
but you know, it's it's the old, old, old saying: "You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good." good. But yeah. you know, and but it's like you want to see Jesus, and yet there Jesus is all around you every day. Yeah. And by the way, I just have to say, I, I got the coolest text message from and and. I love, by the way, if you, you're always welcome to send me these kind of text messages, but I got the coolest <laughs> text message from one of our church members who, who texted me and said, uh, your sermon really inspired me. I'm going to, for the next year, I'm going to post every day where I saw Jesus so mm. that to remind myself to look for Jesus every day because he's there every day. So... I'm not going to name names just because I'm not sure if I can, but yeah, the coolest. Thank you. That like, if there's if you want to know how to make a preacher happy, um, at least this one. Don't tell me you like this sermon. I'm glad you. If you like it, I'm, that makes me happy too. I'm I'm happy for you to like it. But tell me what you're going to do with it. That's that to me is like the biggest compliment you can ever give somebody who's preaching is not not to say that the sermon was good or that you're that it was interesting or even that you learned something which I'm always happy for all those things but what really to me like is like is like the coolest for me is when somebody's like you know because of that sermon I'm doing this and sometimes it, the funny thing is like I had no intention for anybody to do that but what a cool thing mm. and so because that's to me, I, I you know, one of my homiletics professors, that's he, they told me, they said, look, they said, the, if you give a sermon and you don't, and you don't give people something to do, uh, something that they can tangibly do, you've just, you've given a nice speech. Yeah. And so that's kind of, I know that, um, Melanie, with your homiletics, you may have a different. I don't know, but to me, it's just that action. I love, I love it when, for me, when I hear somebody say something like, "I know, you just, you just hit on something that just made me realize that I need to do this different in my life, or I need to add this, or I need to subtract that, or, you know, just something like that." So, anyway, well, this past year, I mean, Ken is uh, totally responsible from a message that came. I think it was Christmas time last year. You gave everyone pieces of paper and pencils and said, write down, I think it was 10 things that you you know think would be valuable to spend your time doing. I'm totally paraphrasing because I, <laughs> I just, I'm only thinking of it because you brought it up yeah. um, of things that you could do better or things you want to prioritize in the new year. And I quickly wrote down 10 like that. And then the one that stared back at me on the paper was date night with my wife. Mm. And so this year, barring, you know, band concerts that happen to be on date night <laughs> and until it gets to the night you're like oh what being no no i don't want to do this this is date night. i don't totally want to date night <laughs> anyway so this person 365 days go yeah. for it uh, grab it and go but i'm like 52 cool. i thought 52 intentionally 52 every week we and it was never a week was like oh forgot about that it was uh. so that was something that cool. um, we did and uh, we're better off for it I yeah it's it. awesome so there you go. Um, I think that was I think that was it. Yeah, hold on, Lucy. That was the last one. And of course, last week we didn't have any comments. I mean, it was well, both last couple of weeks it's been shortened shortened messages yeah. and more music and more interaction. And the, I'm, can so I can say, we get, can we give our listeners uh, an assignment? Can we? 
Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're in up? charge, Randy. Yeah, no, so. no, yeah, yeah. Ken says we're giving assignments. Let's do it. So based off of the podcast, based off of the other podcast, which is uh, the sermon. Yep. Yeah, I'd love for people to share with us what you know the phone number, the email, mm-hmm. social media, whatever. I'd love for you to share something that some way that you were inspired to arise this mm. year some way that cool. you're inspired and, and i may or may not be actually asking that question in our church service this next week too but i would love to um i'd love to hear about where you've been on your journey over the last year when it comes to our theme of arise you know i, I guess is you know i just thought of this as we were talking about this and i again wasn't really playing but i'd love to hear have you taken an action from something that not not even necessarily something that I preach, but just something that happened at church or in the church community that that inspired you to do something. I, um, you know, I love. Uh, <laughs> it was funny this week. I had a, I had somebody come up to me after the service, and they said, or maybe I went up to them and they were talking to me. But anyway, they they said when you said you were going to do testimonies, and you're like. And you said, yeah, I know some of you are not excited about that. She, they said, that was me. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. No, this is, oh, oh no. not not testimonies. No. no. <laughs> and then what they said was, though, that, but when they heard the testimonies, it was one of their favorite parts of the service Absolutely. because of some of the things that were shared. And yeah. so if you've got something to share, if you would just take the time just to write it write it into us or call and leave a voicemail with it for Randy. It'd mean a lot to Randy and I and to Melanie and Jeff. We we get paychecks to be here, but it's still a meaningful thing to feel like, to hear your stories of how God's working your life. And again, it doesn't have to be something that came out of the podcast, but just just hearing how God's working your life, yeah. super meaningful to us. And if that, if you know, that would be like a Christmas present, New Year's present Absolutely. for us if you would if you'd take the time to share that with us and if you don't want it shared on air just absolutely say so um if you're okay with it being shared on air then we'd love to be able to share those that of you share that are with okay with that mm-hmm. but so are you are you going to ask that question this week i will be asking a similar question at the are you going to take any in, in are you going to read any i might okay here's what we'll do 407-965-1607 can do a text message or a voicemail. Do either. Podcast at wholelife.church will also work. And if you send one in, and also social media, if you ta- if you hashtag it, this is whole life, I monitor those every day. And so if it comes in, you can just say this is a response to Ken on the podcast, and boom, here's my answer. The first one that Ken reads, if there's time during the message this week, will be one from the podcast. So you guys, normally Deal. normally what we do is it's everyone that's watching gets to ask their question and then get it answered on the podcast. Here, we're allowing you to be first, and then we're going to give it to them in yeah. the church community and Very online. Cool. So this time, we're going to put you guys first. So if you have one, send it in, 407-965-1607 and podcast at wholelife.church. And if you guys send one, Ken will pick one and read it. And we will, of course, put them all together. We'll make sure that they're on the podcast. Or if you want to send one, and let's do this too. If you want to send one and you don't want it to be read, or you just want to send one to the to us at the podcast or to staff or someone like that, then just tell us who it's for and it's not for any other eyes or ears and we'll respect that as well. How about that? Cool. All right. The final thoughts, they were early on in Ken's message before halfway through. He said, do the thing that you feel like God wants you to do and trust that if he puts it on your heart, 
he can provide, he'll take care of it. And I thought the sheep and the goats and the animals on a thousand hills, I forget the quote, um, <laughs> you know, that uh, if he, he can sell, Ken's like, he can sell a couple and make it happen. He can do it. And I'm I was quoting like, Linnea Torkelson. So Linnea, if you're out there listening to this, which is, seems like a small t- <laughs> to no chance at all, but that, I, was, I was quoting Linnea Torkelson on that just to give some credit. No, that was good. That was good. All right. So we've already said next week is going to be one more arise and that's it. 12 31. And also, if you have been putting it off to the end, like lots of us do, because we we have that procrastination station stop left in us one more for the year. If you have end of year giving that needs to make it on 2022 books, it needs to be at the church by 1231. That Which happens to be, just so happens to be a Sabbath. I know. So you know, drop it in the slot in the wall, you know, put it in the envelope, you know, see a staff member, whatever you feel comfortable with. We will make sure it gets to Mr. Monday and Mrs. Dunscombe to make sure that you are credited with last year. 1231 is the last date on the website as well. And there is links on the front page to give. So you can take care of it that and way. And the one well. thing I would like to say about giving is do what your heart impresses you to do on that. We're I've never been the guy that wants to get up front and beg people to give money. Nobody it's like, wants to, me, to be that guy ever. Nobody wants to, I, But some people seem to like it more than others. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. For me, here's what I always feel like. If you feel like this church is being a blessing in this community and it's being a blessing in your life, then all we ask is that you financially help us do the, the financial part of it. If, it. if you're not getting a blessing, you don't feel, feel like we're blessing the community – then don't even think about giving. I wouldn't want you to because why would you give to something that's not making a difference in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, but if we are making a difference in the world, then if you'd help us keep doing that, that would be super helpful to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some really amazing plans for 2023, but they will take some money. And so we uh, we appreciate your giving if you believe in what we're doing here. Excellent. Anything else? No? Why are you both looking at me? Well, I, we just want to give, I, uh, you know, I, you, know, you didn't make, have your stool to, to lord it I, over us this week. So we just wanted to make man. sure that if you, you know, it, you're it, the boss, you tell us whether we're done or not. They put me in this tiny little chair. I'm looking up. I, next, it's the same next, chair. I'm, next this, week, I want my stool It's the same kind of chair back. I'm sitting in. So Actually, there is, you want your stool of power back. <laughs> that's right. Actually, there is one thing that I, I want to say. I just want to shout out because the last, last couple of weeks we've had some really special services and really special time. And that requires a lot of volunteers. Mm, and I yep. just, I just want to say thank you so much to all the people who have just poured their hearts yeah. into this church and, and um, help us make it what it is. So shout out to all of you. Thank you. Big shout out to Melanie Fenthala who helped with Ooh, the yeah. uh, putting together the breakfast, mm. man. Mm, that was a yeah. lot of work. If you're listening, there was a, Turkey. It had a little flag in it that said turkey sausage to warn to warn off anyone that might be vegetarian, vegan, or such. But there was like potatoes and cheese and turkey sausage in this whole conglomeration. And if you're that person, um, <clears throat> recipe could come to four zero seven nine six five. One six zero seven or podcast at Whole Life Church. I would be forever grateful, and we can get on a gift exchange program. I mean, tell me what you need. I'm happy to swap. And so, my wife made the frittata that had turkey bacon in it. So maybe we could, uh, maybe we swap. could sw- swap those out. I don't know, but uh, that was super delicious. <laughs> Everything was delicious. Melanie did a great job, and it was fun to just kind of walk around and get to see a few people in a comfortable place where they're a little bit off their guard, and you might be able to. It was good. Do a little meeting that you otherwise wouldn't. So that's going to do it for this week, guys. Make 
make sure to send in something from this year that's touched you and we'll get those into the message this week. So thanks for listening and we'll see you all again next week. 